You've tuned into Geek Elite Radio. Good luck. What if you found a portal to a parallel universe? What if you could slide into a thousand different worlds? Where it's the same year, and you're the same person, but everything else is different. And what if you can't find your way home? Welcome back for another issue of Imagine If. This week, uh, we talked about it a little bit last week because it was on the it was on the spinner rack. But yes, it is the what year anniversary of Marvel Knights? Twenty years of Marvel Knights. Twenty years, so nineteen ninety eight. Yep, nineteen ninety eight. What a year! Um, time travel back and Wizard Magazine and whoever, whatever. Yeah, actually, because you wouldn't even use the internet back then; it was no. so god awful. No. So you're reading Wizard Magazine and they're running articles like. Should Marvel Comics sell to Warner Brothers to oh. to avoid further bankruptcy and things like that? And, you know, movie rights were just being thrown out there because Marvel needed help. Oh, Chapter yeah. Chapter 11 bankruptcy that, that's got That's very him. true. That's uh, one of the stories that came out, I believe it was earlier this year, was that uh, Marvel had offered Sony all of Marvel Comics. Yep, like the whole catalog. All the, the whole catalog. They're, nah, we'll just take... Uh, Spider-Man. Just get the good one. <laughs> yeah, the only one that's important. Yeah. And yeah. And now they're kicking 20 themselves. years later, yeah. They're like, hey, uh, can you guys help us out, please? We need to make this Spider-Man movie good again. We'll even do fastball. <laughs> <laughs> Give us something. But yeah, but we're going to talk about Marvel Knights, the series of comics that basically saved Marvel. That's interesting. It's interesting to put it that way, too. So, yeah, uh, we'll, we'll get to that after we get to uh, what we usually do, some little bit of what's on the spinner rack. All right, let's go shopping. Let's take a look here. So, Bane Conquest has been finished. The 12-issue miniseries is finally being collected in trade. You know, I'm going to be honest. I'm going to wait till reviews come out. I might pick this up because it's great that it's the original creators of Bane, but at the same time, is it going to be a noteworthy story because Batman's all over the place right now? And I'm not saying that in a mean way, but... I, even the continuity between Detective and Batman isn't necessarily ebb and flow. No, you know, no, it's not. Yeah. Now, um, original creator of Bane, Gil Kane. Uh, no, no, no. Oh, no, not that far back. No, Bane. Um, uh, Graham Nolan was the artist, if I remember correctly, and the writer. Sorry. Um. Oh, I should have their name off the top of my head. Uh, Chuck Dixon. Chuck Dixon was the really? writer. Yeah, Chuck Dixon and Graham Nolan are the creators. There might be one or two bat writers because at the time they're doing the group editing mm-hmm. and stuff like that. But yeah, those two are basically the the creators of Bane. Bane. Wow, that's interesting. Yeah. Yeah, so uh, but moving along, all things Batman. Uh, Batman number 55 comes out and if you are a Nightwing fan, this is an issue you must get. Uh, two weeks ago was Batman 54, which was a fantastic issue. Uh, I was recently hanging out with my friend Sam and his son Zach, and we passed by a comic shop, and I picked that book up for them. It's a great father-son issue, um, just fantastic, and obviously it's the setup for a very tragic thing that's going to happen to Nightwing. Um, well, I'm going to save it because we'll talk about it in a future podcast because right. it's definitely going to be some noteworthy stuff. Um, and some more Batman stuff coming down. Batman Damned, number one. Now, this might be the first official comic of Bat of DC's Black Label, I believe. Oh, really? So it's kind of funny. Today we're talking about Marvel Knights, and now DC's doing their Black Label. So let's see what this happens. Who knows? 20 years from now we'll be doing the podcast about that. Maybe. <laughs> um 
or whatever a podcast equivalent is at that time. <laughs> Future casting. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Uh, Batman Nightfall Volume 2, the 25th anniversary trade comes out. Those things are great. Um, I remember I, I passed on the Superman one at first. They did a five trade set with the death of Superman, the funeral, the return, the the the, the force or the rain. Sorry, the re- the reign of the Superman, the return, and then even the second battle, Hunter Prey. And it's just a nice set. And I wound up picking it up, and I was like, okay, this is worthwhile. And they're gonna do it with Batman. But the only thing I'm kind of bummed is that they're gonna do this one in nine nine trades, and like. Eight, seven of them are the Nightfall story. The last two are kind of like maybe, maybe not. Like one of them is Prodigal, and that's when Nightwing finally wears the bat suit. Right. And I'm okay with that. I like that trade on its own. Um, luckily, I have one of the original printings of that. But the other one is Troikia, I think, if you pronounce it correctly. And it was just such a lame-ass story. Mm. <laughs> but it's basically Bruce returning to the mantle. But lame-ass story. But anyway, so, yeah, if you're going to do like I am and collect the whole nine sets... Uh, this is definitely one of the next ones coming out there as well. Uh, we have Green Lanterns, issue 55. So that book's slowly coming to a conclusion. Harley Quinn will be celebrating her 50th issue. So there's going to be all kinds of zaniness there. And and it's funny because part of our, our discussion today, we'll be talking about Jimmy Palamati. Yep. And he was big with saving Marvel, and now he's over on the DC side of things. He definitely he spends a lot of time with Harley Quinn books. Oh yeah, uh, over there. So. A lot of time with the female characters of those too, because he even did some work with uh, Harley Quinn or not Harley Quinn, uh, Power Girl. Power Girl, yeah. You know, but then he also he, like he, I guess he likes that fringe character stuff because they even did a good run on Jonah Hex. That's right. I forgot about that. Yeah. So and it's, and it's him and his uh, now wife. Yes, Amanda, Amanda Connor. Connor. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so anyway, so yeah, big issue there, big celebration. Injustice 2, issue 34 will be out there. This will be uh, 36 print issues, so we're starting to wind down. I loved it. Um, I'm very sad it's gone. All we have left is an annual, and I don't know if we're going to get more or not. Mm. Um, I hope we get more. I love the Injustice world. I think it's been great. As big as that video game series is, franchises, I can only assume that they're going to do Injustice 3 and then thus you get another Injustice I I hope so. Whatever they can do to keep Tom Taylor writing DC like that would be great. Well, he's one of the few that does both sides currently, like at the same time. Yeah, X-Men Red and Injustice. But I, I will definitely say his Injustice has been fantastic. Um, but it's funny though. I was going to mention this book just to mention it, but they've made a six issue miniseries called Injustice versus the Masters of the Universe. Now I'm an Injustice fan, and I've gotten everything, <laughs> and I skipped this, and I'm not feeling bad that I did. No that, offense to the creative. Well, behind that it, just but, seems like too much of a cash grab. That's like, yeah, I mean, a fringe Injustice group, and then all of a sudden. Masters of the Universe? All right. Yeah, no, thank you. you know, like when they did JLA Masters of the Universe, it's like, okay, well, at least that's that. But now it's like, here's an alternate version, meaning mm-hmm. another reality. Yeah, two stretch. Uh, but anyways, Justice League will be out with issue eight. That book has been fantastic. And if you're curious to pick up how it all began, Justice League No Justice Trade Paperback will be out there as well. I highly recommend it. Uh, this is going to be the book of the week for me, Mr. Miracle issue 11. So this is a 12-issue series. Um, this is going to be the big stuff right here. And I know it's going to leave us on a cliffhanger and it's going to be painful. So uh, buy three copies, buy all the copies, help them out. Uh, Nightwing issue 49 will be out. So again, that's probably going to, that necessarily won't deal with probably what's going to happen in Batman 55, but it's obviously setting up for Nightwing issue 50. 
Teen Titans will be heading up to their seventeen, or sorry, their twenty-second issue, and then there's some collections out there: Titans Volume Four, Titans Apart Trade. So if you've been liking the Rebirth stuff and you want to read about the Titans, though, it's the trades. Uh, I gotta say, I definitely enjoyed that book when it first started. I kind of. I kind of got off it around the No Justice era just because I didn't really care for the lineup that they gave us. But, yeah. Uh, moving along onto the other side of the fence, we're at Marvel Comics now. Amazing Spider-Man issue four will be getting a second printing. That book has been fantastic so far. I've really been enjoying it. Um, it's great to see Peter Parker and Mary Jane back together again. And what I really like about this is Mary Jane has kind of like I, you know, like she always gets like somebody wrote it that basically she's afraid of him being Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. But the truth is she's not. I, I don't know. I, the way I've read the comics over the decades, I never felt like I thought that's what attracted her. You know, she mm-hmm. liked the fact that Peter had a secret. And I just think that was great. Yeah, I wouldn't. I mean, I finally caught up on my Spider-Man, but I don't think I'm caught up in issues. But uh, uh, yeah, I mean, I'm reading the I think where I left off was when um Dr. Connors explained to him that the two mice, because they were s- separated from each other for so long, they ended up dying. Like, the whole idea of them being split apart is interesting. Like, I especially think, I find it interesting because you, they never show like a panel with that, well, at least not to the point that I've read yet, where the Spider Man side of him has taken off the mask. Oh, yeah. What so, does like, he look like underneath? What's he look underneath? Yeah. Does he look like Peter Parker? Does he just have a blank face kind of thing? Uh, which I think would be interesting, especially since uh, you know you had that that panel where he's like, "Oh, who, Do- Uncle Who?" and he's uh, he's like, "You don't know Uncle Ben? Like that's a, yeah, that's a big part of us." Yeah. So uh, yeah, you know, Mary Jane just being afraid of of him being Peter Parker seems like a, an add on that shouldn't be there. Yeah. No. It it definitely was. I mean, it it, it makes sense, but. It doesn't. <laughs> Not for those characters. Uh, but anyways, uh, in that series of this new volume of Spider-Man, Amazing Spider-Man, we're going to get our first annual. And this is kind of a neat throwback issue. Um, it's going to go back to when Pete first got the Venom symbiote. So we're going to see some of those nights where, you know, his sleeping mind, but his body was going out fighting crime. So um, I'm definitely looking forward to that. It's almost like they got a, 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 a Venom movie coming out or something. <laughs> the timing is uncanny. <laughs> uh, you know, that's... Uh, it, it, that's another thing is like I I have been reading Amazing Spider-Man, which is that's the one, right? Yeah, it's the Amazing new one, Spider-Man. yeah. Uh, but I still have to say I still my, my favorite of the Spider books is, is Renew Your Vows, which I know is canceled. Well, you know, well, actually, I was just going to mention it to bring it up, but issue 23 comes out. So keep keep going. Tell me more about the book, though. I, it's just I, 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 I don't know. See, the last one I read, you had Sinister show, showing up and he has cloned uh, not just uh, Peter, but also Annie. And of a different version of uh, of Mary Jane, so you have like a, a, a evil, yeah, evil clones of the family, and and uh, when you have the evil Annie, you know they're like, oh, how do we explain this to Annie? You know, like it, this isn't right. You know, it's there's all She's kinds. Not of, ready for clones. Though, yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's, it, no, and I thought it, it goes really great. Like the way that he explains it is like, no, you know, this is a thing that. I never wanted like I don't want her to be a the hero of life or whatever, but like this is worse. This is this is terrible than anything, like kind of thing. And uh, yeah, it was just I I don't know. I just really enjoyed that book. I enjoy the way that they write that family. Um, And uh, and and then I don't know. I still feel like you get that that '90s feel of all the other characters, like all the characters. Like these are the that that '90s version of those characters just grown up. Like you know, you got. 
uh, Wolverine is 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 in the yellow suit and he's at the school and you know the the X the X Men are are still that version of the X Men that you watched in the Saturday morning cartoon, Jim Lee's X Men I guess. Yeah. Well, no, I definitely I like the look and the flavor of the world. I just I don't know. I guess it's tough because it, it's it, I, I just wish they would have made it MC two. No, I, I do too. I, I wish I, MC two was still around. Way, yeah. Um, but it is interesting, and I do like the fact. Like I was buying it in the beginning as well. I was like, "Oh, this is cool," and I just like the like. I mean, because like going back a step to Amazing Spider-Man, like I've enjoyed you know since they did Brand New Day and all of Dan Dan Slott's wrong run. Don't get me wrong, I enjoyed it. I bought every issue. I read every issue. Um, it was great, but it just. I'm tired of seeing Peter be a loser. Yeah, you know, and like to me, the idea of renew your vows. He's finally like he's doing good. Yeah, you know, it's like, hey, I've got a family. I'm taking care of them. He's a teacher you know? again. Oh, and that's even better. You know, <laughs> like the poor bastard. You know, but but unfortunately, um, he's a. I don't know if it's unfortunately, but I think he's a like a, a photography teacher at at Annie's school. Like of all the things that Peter should be teaching, I don't think it's <laughs> photography. Technically, he's not even a photographer. He's not even that good of a photographer. <laughs> like, there, what's that? Uh, what's that? It's it's a Spider Man story where the other guy, the other photographer for the bugles, like it doesn't make any sense. He just, it's almost like he just puts the camera there and waits for something to happen, <laughs> and, and then you, he finds out that oh well, he's Spider Man. That's why. Yeah, that's exactly what thing. he does. <laughs> so uh, yeah, I mean, obviously, yeah, he just takes pictures of Spider Man. He doesn't really take pictures of anything else. So yep. why would he be a photography teacher? Like you should be a science teacher. Yeah, that would be the best bet. But I'll tell you firsthand, sometimes in education, we don't get to do what we are good at. We <laughs> Fair just get enough. told to do. <laughs> you know, I mean, I mean, look at uh, what's happening in Amazing Spider-Man. He's, he's, he doesn't have his... Uh, yeah, he doesn't have his doctorate, doctorate anymore. anywhere. So, and then they're know. like... What, I, I want to talk about that real quick, too. The whole... Who is it that, that came up with the, the, the machine? Who is it that working at, that's working at the school? He used to date her at one point. Oh, uh, Deborah Whitman, if I remember correctly. Oh, okay. I believe. So, yeah, she comes, she comes up. She Either she comes up with some device or the, the school came up with a device for plagiarism. And it's like it studies the person and then says, oh, yeah, this person didn't read that or didn't write that, that paper. It's like, come on. What a, I don't know. That was a very cheesy way to, give, to put him in conflict, I think. Oh, it was. It totally was. Like, you know, like the software is like, well, you know, it, it knows personality so well that when it read this, like, oh, no, this is a paper Dr. Octavio, Octa, Oct- Otto Octavius. Otto Octavius wrote. Right. And it's like, that's neat. But it's like, that's a hell of a conclusion there. <laughs> and truth be told, you know how many degrees they would probably be recalling? You know, it's like. Uh, you know, like it's totally just a hit job. Yeah, you know, it, ex- yeah, that's what I. It's, it's got to be like they. Someone had to have been like, "Hey, take out Peter Parker. Like, we need him to be the the person that doesn't that gets found out about this kind of thing." Like, it seemed very random because she invited him there and then she invited him up onto the stage. Yeah, to d- demolish him right so, then and there. Switch and then like I liked the beginning where they were like, "Oh, well, you know, people are getting their papers from other dimensions, and you know, they might be using a supercomputer or whatever." It's like. This is your concern. This is your big concern. I mean, I guess plagiarism is plagiarism is a bad thing. Don't get me wrong, but but then again, how many of these universities have given Bill Cosby an honorary degree? Oh, there you go. Other people in history that we've discovered, you know. But but you're right. I did laugh at that. It's like it just seems so obvious, you know. But then again, I don't know how far you are, but there's you know a mysterious figure that is manipulating no, stuff. So maybe he did sense. go to Deborah Whitman, and he's like. You want to get revenge against Peter Parker? I'll help you out. So <laughs> we shall see. Um, I, I'm definitely. I'm looking forward to it. But 
Yeah, but it, uh, going to something though, real quick. So I think it's going to be neat, and, and it's going to be tough because I don't. I, I think I'm picking it up, but I'm not sure. So that Spider Geddon is happening, mm-hmm. and they're going to do a Spider Girls, right? And we're actually going to have MJ or M May Day, May Day with Annie. and Annie. Yeah, yeah so that's I think that's be pretty incredible. Yeah, yeah, so I'm looking forward to that. Uh, but anyways, Renew Your Vows hits issue 23. Um, Avengers issue eight is out as well. I think that's neat now that both Justice League and Avengers are at the eighth issue. So it's kind of like, you know, every other week they're fighting for my attention. At least that's <laughs> what I like to think. <laughs> um, Black Panther issue three is getting a second printing. Captain America in his new series will be getting a first annual. Now, this is not by the creative, and it's going back to a World War tale with Captain America and Bucky before he was the Winter Soldier. I'm going to pick it up. I kind of like the throwbacks to that era, so it'll be interesting. I know years ago they did an annual for volume four or five of Captain America, and it actually came into play in the series later on, but that was the main creative was still on the annual. So I don't know if that'll happen here. Uh, I would just say pick it up for your enjoyment as opposed to worrying if it's going to be part of the collection uh dr strange issue five will be out edge of spider get in part three of four will be out um i i think it's neat that they do these like fringe crossover books for the spider verse and spider geddon thing i think it's neat because they're just little quick stories about all these alternate spider characters and they've been fantastic characters and that's how we got spider gwen or uh spider ghost as i guess she's going to start yeah, being called ghost, stuff like yeah. that yeah so that's pretty cool uh, extermination issue one will be getting a second printing and warning the cover will be the spoiler. Mm. Um, I know a lot of people are upset about these. I think that's cool. You know, that, that, that big moment of the book is going to be the cover like fantastic Four uh, issue one has a reprint and the cover is the big page at the end. I, I, I think that's cool because those are moments you like and to get that ability to have a cover that way. And it's know, a second it's a printing, thing. obviously. So. Yeah. Yeah. If you don't know by now, well then tough. <laughs> uh, Immortal Hulk issue six will be out there again. This has been like if you're looking for that dark, spooky, you know, no country for old men Hulk type of thing. This has just been a fantastic read. Uh, Infinity Wars issue two will be getting a second or sorry, a third printing uh, as well as Infinity Wars prime number one. Now the mashups will begin with Infinity War Soldier Supreme Part 1 of 2 coming out. And uh, yeah, so actually that'll... And there's very much multiple covers here, so pick the one you like. Um, I think that's kind of interesting. Captain America and Doctor Strange put together. I wouldn't have gone for those two initially, but I think it's kind of cool looking. I was also thinking about this earlier earlier this week with the whole uh, Soldier Supreme. It's like, I get it. But I don't think those are the two words that I would have combined because, like, he's still a sorcerer, so it should be like soldier sorcerer or soldier or sorcerer soldier or something. Super sorcerer? I don't know. (laughs) Maybe, yeah. I mean, it's just I, I, you, you got the soldier supreme, but that just to me that just sounds like he's the ultimate soldier as opposed to not being a magician soldier, you know, or because it was scientist supreme. Yeah, exactly. He was the best at science. Now it's. The soldier supreme. Well, then he's the best soldier. He's the best tactician. <laughs> you know, yeah. I don't we know. already knew that about Captain yeah, America. Come on, where are you at, Marvel? <laughs> uh, but yeah, no. But I'm excited about it. I, I can't wait to see more of this. Uh, I guess I'm an issue behind because I believe Infinity Wars issue three is out there, mm-hmm. and we start seeing these uh, mashups interacting. Mm. And I guess they put Wolverine and Emma Frost together. Wow. Yeah. So I'm just diamonds I gotta, and animantiums. Yeah. I need to. I need to read that. I think that's just going to be funny. Is it Wolverine, Laura Kenny, or Wolverine? Uh, Wolverine Logan. Logan. Okay. Yeah. Uh, because it's very much. It's basically just Wolverine's body with Emma Frost's attitude. Mm. <laughs> Maybe the blonde. Maybe hair, the fashion. Know. Yeah. 
but anyway, so yeah, so it's been a lot of fun. It's been a great series. I recommend it. Wolverine, uh, the White Queen. <laughs> Wolver Queen. <laughs> uh, let's see. Life of Captain Marvel issue two gets a second printing, and then Life of Captain Marvel issue three will be out as well. You know, I'm kind of kicking myself that I missed the boat on that one. I think I should have, but you know, we'll see how it plays out. I picked it up. I haven't, Are you I haven't started reading it, yet, oh, okay. but I, I did pick it up. Nice. Uh, speaking of Marvel Knights, Marvel Knights Fantastic Four by Grant Morrison and Jai Lee will be reprinting their trade paperback of one, two, three, four. Uh, if I remember correctly, I think it was a four-issue miniseries. It was pretty good. I think I um, had that one. Yeah, I think I that bought was, that back in the day. I mean, it was beautiful art, and but it was just so crazy because that was the one where like Grant Morrison just loves to wreck relationships. Yeah. You know, he was even more like, "Yeah, Sue's gonna be totally wet for Namer." Not because of that, but because uh, of water. Uh, you know, it's like, damn it, Grant. Why do you make me say these puns? <laughs> yeah, that's right. It's his fault. Uh, moving along after that bad joke. Mr. and Mrs. X issue three will be out there continuing the honeymoon of Gambit and Rogue. Multiple Man issue four or five will be out there. And now the big one for Marvel, the return of Wolverine. That's right. All your miniseries converge into one five-issue miniseries. That'll probably lead to a one-shot. And there's like... Uh, what whatever letter Q is in the alphabet, <laughs> that's how many variant covers there are. Let me oh, ask wait, you. wait, I'm sorry. Actually, it goes all the way to W cover Y. Wow. Why not <laughs> just do y. Z? Yeah. I mean, you're, you already got them all. Why not do the last one? That'll be the the the, the second printing, probably. <laughs> so, uh, are you are you reading Mr. and Mrs. X? Uh, no. I, I I picked it up. I I, I enjoy it. I think it's a interesting book. The uh-huh. two, two of them in outer space kind of thing, uh, just on wacky adventures. Then uh, and it ended with them like a, a egg cracking and fucking a, a miniature rogue was inside of it. So like it's like a baby. I don't know, like an ex baby type baby. Thing, yeah. uh, and then uh, are you reading Multiple Man? No, but I hear good stuff. That is a strange book, and I'm digging it. <laughs> like the idea of like Jamie splitting himself up so many times that like you know they each have their own personality, and then. Those ones went into the future to become their more themselves. So you got a Hulk, Jamie, a uh, oh my god, uh, so Doctor Strange, up. <laughs> yeah, Doctor Strange, Jamie, uh, a Deadpool, Jamie. <laughs> yeah, it's 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 all fucking. It's a strange fucking book, and then yeah, uh, I'm kind of digging it. <laughs> nice. I'll have to borrow your issues then, because I am kind of curious. Because uh, yeah, like I, I hear, I don't, I don't know if it's playing up in that or not, but like, is he villainous? Well, <laughs> it's in the future where uh, one of his versions is also the like the the leader of like he's a despot, he's a dictator, and he's duped himself so many times that he just rules the earth like as a as a dictator. So there's the evil version of him, and then there's the good version of him, and they're fighting each other. Oh wow! And then him and Layla in the future have a baby. So that baby is kind of, not the baby, but he's like a nine-year-old kid, and he's the the leader of the resistance against the king emperor Jamie. So he fights his evil dad. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, no, I'll have to check that out then because, uh, like, there's a lot of speculation. So if you look at the covers for the upcoming uncanny x-men and they're going to do that x-men disassembled mm-hmm. so there's cover number one and it shows whatever might be the potential team and then if you look at issue two it's all those characters replaced with dupes really Mr. Uh, yeah, um, multiple multiple man. man multiple man dupes so i'm like huh that's kind of interesting so could it be that you know because jamie died he was the first casualty during the whole um 
Oh, uh, Death of X. So yeah, and that was that's interesting. So apparently, Jamie, the Jamie Prime, uh, put a dupe in a like sealed room, sealed vault somewhere, and that's supposed to be like your his default one, like the one that will stay there, stay alive past his death, even though when he dies, all of his dupes are supposed to die. But even then, that's uh, I always thought it didn't matter if it was the prime or the dupe that he could just escape to a version of himself. Well, see, I, I think that's the problem with Multiple Man. I think there's so many different versions out there and, mm. and ideas about him that even when he came out of this vault, like he started to deteriorate. His his body started to die, and he's, he's, he goes to talk to Beast, and this is the first issue of, of Multiple Man miniseries. Like Beast is like, yeah, there's nothing really I can do for you. And he's like, oh, you need to find a cure, though. And then he jumps 15 minutes into the future, and he's like, "Did you find a cure yet?" And he's like, "Dude, you just gave me this <laughs> assignment." And then you, and then a version of him from the future comes back and says, "Look, don't give him that cure." So I think what you're gonna figure out is that uh, this dupe is gonna end up becoming the new prime because of this cure, and then make make a bunch of dupes, and then one of those dupes is gonna become an evil version that's gonna become the despot, and then he can be, then make his own primes or what, or make his own dupes. Because the dupes aren't supposed to be able to make dupes themselves. Uh-huh. It's only the, supposed to be the prime that's supposed to be able to make dupes. But I don't know. I think we haven't gotten there yet. Wow, that's crazy. <laughs> so this is like multiplicity, but that leads yes. to the evil yeah. version. <laughs> All right, I dig it. Okay, yeah, I'm borrowing your back issues. Uh, let's see, moving along. Thor issue three will be getting a second printing. Thor issue five will be out as well. Uh, this should be interesting because, what was it, Hela, she's getting married. And, you know, Thanos cannot have death marry anybody but himself. So, so they're saying Hela and death there. are the same person. Kind of. Like, not necessarily the same death. Like, there's aspects of death, but, yeah, but for some reason, Thanos, like, I want to say it was, like, Thor issue one or two, Thanos shows up to crash the wedding, huh. and they even mentioned a little bit of it during the uh, the Thanos legacy one shot that's part of the Infinity Wars. But, I mean, you know, hey, let's just cross them over as much as we can. Obviously. Yeah, no, obviously. Yeah. And, I mean, because then, if you were to say that, then you would have to say the one, the death that shows up in Scarlet Spider yeah, uh, Marlo, uh, I can't think of her last name, but Marlo, yeah. she's another, like, she should be death. You right, because he even has that conversation. He's like, well, aren't you and Deadpool kind of together? And he's like, she's like, yeah, but that's just fun. Yeah. Or something yeah. like that. <laughs> I forget what she does. And then, and then, uh, and then, I mean, obviously, if that's the dead, the one that's with Deadpool, then that's also the one that Thanos loves because that's why Thanos, Thanos was getting all crazy. Cursed, cursed Deadpool. Yep. All right. Um, let's see. A couple more. Uh, we got True Believers Marvel Knights 20th Anniversary Iron Fist issue one. So it'll be reprinting that. True Believers Marvel Knights 20th Anniversary Power Man and Iron Fist. Uh, Punisher. Uh, Punisher, the first appearance, number one. So those are the great books because they're a dollar each. I love that setup. Uh, Venom, number five, will be getting a second printing, and issue six will be out as well. Uh, Venom, the first horse, for, first host, issue four, will be out. I've been hearing pretty good stuff about that, so that's interesting. Uh, West Coast Avengers, number two, is a book I will be skipping, but if that's your thing, get it. And then X-Men Gold, issue 36, will be the last issue of that series because X-Men Blue and Gold are winding up because of extermination. Mm. So that's what's on your rack. So I know you didn't, you didn't, or there wasn't a new issue of uh, Old Man Lo- no, Old Man Hawkeye out this week but have you been reading that no no i haven't because something happened in the last issue that i read that uh i don't know if you'll be okay with or if it will upset you so Uh-oh. i don't know if you want the spoilers or not give it to me you sure <laughs> yep all right so one of your favorite characters and you'd already mes- men- mentioned him in this spinner rack is uh is the winter soldier okay. uh, bucky 
So, I mean, if you know what the old man Hawkeye world is, it's the world that we got from old man Logan. It's the the villains had come together and beat the heroes. And this one gives us a lot of backstory. This this version of the story, old man Hawkeye, gives us a lot of backstory of what happened that day, the day that the villains won. Wow. And the whole idea behind it is that Hawkeye is going around and um, uh, getting his revenge on his old Thunderbolt teammates because during the day of the match, or the match, during the day that the <laughs> villains won, uh, they turned on the Avengers. Like they were oh, there. So even to fight though they next were semi good, they just said, "Hell, that let's flip on you right now." Essentially, yeah, because you know uh, like Zemo, Atlas, and yeah, Zemo right. And all those well, guys. Zemo wasn't on the team at the time. Like it was Atlas, Songbird, Mach Five, and yeah, a couple other people. And um, Zemo, or it was Citizen V there. And uh, they thought it was Edward or whatever the guy's name is supposed to be. And then he reveals himself to be Zemo underneath the Citizen V mask. And he's like, ah, but see, I'm here to, to, to full, fuck with you guys. And, and the rest of the Thunderbolts were on his side. Like He had convinced them before the fight to be like, yeah, we're going we're gonna to be villains again kind of thing. Wow. Uh, so, so he's going around and essentially just getting his revenge on all. I mean, even though this is, what, 20 years later. He's getting, he's finally getting his revenge on all the Thunderbolts, and he's just picking them off one by one. Well, while he's doing this, uh, Red Skull had sent out his number one bounty hunter to take him take down Hawkeye, uh, the one the only Avenger left. So right. Bullseye is out there tracking down Hawkeye, like trying to kill him, and he comes close a bunch of times, but something something happens usually, like something stops him, or you know he gets into a fight or whatever it is. <laughs> and then like Red Skulls thinks that he's kind of going off the reservation; he's not taking orders anymore. So Red Skull has decided to send out his best killer, I guess, to after Bullseye, uh, because he doesn't want Bullseye to not be on his uh, to not be following orders or whatever it is. He's right. just like, look, we need to. I need to take out Bullseye now. Uh, well, his best killer is Winter Soldier. No it's, it's it's a more it's it's him, but it's more under control. Like like think about when he he was the Winter Soldier for right. for the Russians. It's very much more lapdog and right. Subservient. So it's as soon as like there's there's literally people in a van controlling his every movement using computers and being like, okay, there's a target on this side, you know, take that out, blah blah blah. Uh, well, here's your spoiler. So anybody that doesn't want to know it, close your ears. Come back in a couple minutes. Uh, you got you got Bucky and, and Bullseye sitting there fighting it out. You know, duking it out. But it's not really Bucky. Obviously, it's it's someone controlling Bucky. Right, right. And his eyes are completely red, and and they're they're fighting to the death. And he gets the upper hand on Bullseye, and then all of a sudden, Bullseye pulls out. Uh, Namor's fucking trident. What? Yeah. How the hell do you hide that? I don't know, but he had it. He had it somewhere, and he fucking throws it right through Bucky's chest, and Bucky is like literally nailed to the ground with it. Uh-huh. And he's like, "That's what I used your old teammates, you know, weapon against you. How does that feel?" And like Bucky kind of looks at him, and the red eyes have gone away, and he's like, "Thank you." He's just like, "I, you know, I'm finally dead." Oh, yeah, like, kind of thing. I'm not doing this stuff. Anymore. Yeah. That's interesting because one thing that always blew my mind about even going back to Old Man Logan mm-hmm. was one of the covers, <clears throat> when it showed Red Skull, he was wearing a Captain America costume. Right. But not just 
any Captain America costume, he was wearing Bucky's Captain America. That's right. I didn't even think about yeah. that. You're and right. So he I, is wearing I was like, one. oh, I thought maybe they're going to give us the background. So it sounds like there's even like, I mean, it pulls back a layer and right. we see how Bucky dies. And that sounds awesome. I'm going to have to check those that check that issue out. But darn, I was curious, like if we could see maybe, you know, so I guess, yeah, he must have just subdued him, taken him over and then figured out oh, hell that I'll, I'll wear his skin now. You yeah, know? you're right. Wow. That's crazy. So, yeah, I just wanted to throw that out there since I know you enjoy the the Bucky so much. Yeah, well, he's a great character. I'm excited, actually. Uh, Marvel just announced they're going to do a five issue, and I find this interesting. It's five now. The magic number was always four for the longest time. Mm. Anytime you're going to do a, a, a crossover, a miniseries, four. Then they bumped it to six because six is great for trades. But now they're doing five. I feel like I'm getting ripped off, you know? It's like, well, wait a second. Do you think that's in, um, in the trade because they're doing, like, the five issues and then there's one bonus issue of, like, something else? Or do you think that the trade is just going to be five issues now? Well, in, in some of these, in most cases, actually, recently, it's, like, because usually a good trick is, okay, do five and then reprint something. You right. Know, like, say, for recently, like, the Phoenix Resurrection, Resurrection trade. They should have done the five-issue miniseries and then they could have done the issue where she got her Phoenix powers. Mm-hmm. Or they should have just printed the issue where she died and then uh, you could see. But there's nothing. There's, like, maybe one or two pages of, you know, whatever. Not concept yeah. art or anything like that, yeah, or so it's nothing major that they haven't done before. So I don't know. I mm. guess it's just it's another way to cut a corner, obviously, but yeah. it's kind of a letdown. But yeah, but anyways, Buck in December will be getting his own uh, five issue series. He'll be called Winter Soldier. So everybody who was like, oh, he's gonna like everybody was so for sure said like he's gonna be rechristened the White Wolf and that's gonna be his new name. It's like no, that's. Black Panther giving him a nickname, you know, like Cap is Cap, but he's Captain America. You right. Know? That's Buck is Bucky and you know, all that fun stuff. So I, I just laughed. But yeah, so it was kind of interesting. Uh, but speaking of teasers, um, this is an interesting one. So it was given to us last Friday. Uh, Marvel Comics put out a teaser by Bill Skankowitz. Uh, very big. Uh, oh God, I can never pronounce his last name. Sinekowitz or however, but anyways, he's a very familiar artist. He's done a lot of work on Daredevil, and they have this image of Daredevil in his red costume with his mask off, extending his left hand to a blonde-haired woman. And at the top, it says the end. Learn more on the twenty-first, so this upcoming Friday. Um, so there's been a lot of talk that they'll probably end this current like numbering of Daredevil since they did the legacy. And obviously the woman in the field with her being blonde, your first instinct is to think, oh, well, that must be Karen Page. Right. And it actually, it, there's a lot of evidence to it because somebody did the check and the cost, the clothing she's wearing, the it's like a per- pink jacket, green skirt. That's actually the clothing she wore when she was killed by Bullseye in this first arc of Daredevil Marvel Knights. So this is pretty crazy. Um, I know with this whole Mike Murdoch thing, like Mike Murdoch was never a real concept. Right. He was just Matt wearing a fedora and being goofy. And now that he's met somebody who can create people and bring them to life, is Matt going to be tempted to go up to this guy and be like, hey, I need you to make a Karen Page because she's been fantastic from what I hear in the uh, the, the whatchamacallit, the, uh, the Netflix shows. show. So it makes sense to bring her back. I mean, she... <sighs> I don't know if I would say that she's. 
I don't know. Maybe I just don't know enough about Karen Page. It just seems like she's a different type of character all around. Oh, she is. Like, every time they play her up, like, when she was in the original stuff with Stan and and the various writers and artists that followed, she was just the typical love interest, you know, just like, oh, you know, what was me? And, and then she left. Like, she went to go pursue a career in Hollywood and be a, a star. Which I um, have to say that, that Netflix... The Netflix Marvel shows, it's it's kind of rejumbled. It's really jumbled all of the love interests of, of the stuff. Because, you know, Luke Cage and Jessica Jones in the comic books get together. They, yeah. they become a married couple. They have a baby. But in the, the show, we have Luke Cage and Claire, Claire Temple. Right. Um, Matt is not with... He hasn't really shown um, Karen. any desire for yeah, Karen. Yeah, he, he did in the first season, I would say. But after that, he... he kind of seems like the ship sailed. Yeah, that ship definitely sailed. He's, he's, he's in love with Elektra, you know, even though she ended up dying in the second season or maybe it was in Defenders. Yeah, it would have been in Defenders. Uh, you know, we don't really know where he's going to be going in season three. Karen herself is kind of more in love with Frank over in the Punisher se- yeah, se- that's true. Uh, show. So there's that. I mean... Uh, Danny is supposed to be with Misty Knight. I mean, that's the one that I always know about Danny, but he's obviously in love with Colleen Wing in the in the series. Uh, Jessica really isn't with anybody. She just hates everyone. <laughs> just, she just looks for, you know, the next lay, the next drink, the next problem, the next case to solve. I kind of feel that's where Matt might be heading. I don't know. I just I remember seeing some on-set stuff. And I don't know if the actress is married or not, but like there was a lot of. It seemed like there was a lot of chemistry be- between her and uh, Charlie Cox, the actress that plays Jessica Jones. Yeah. Oh, okay. Like it just seemed like it. Like they were just like it was when they were on Defenders, and so I could almost see like maybe somebody got this idea in their head, like, hey, what if we try that? What if we put Jessica with Matt, the investigator and the lawyer? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, why not? Like, there's those, a lot of anger there <laughs> that could go together, and yeah, yeah, you play off their anger issues and mm-hmm. their need for redemption and. You know his his religion against her experience. You mm-hmm. know things like that. That's I mean that could definitely be interesting. I could see it happening. Uh, so what, I mean, whatever they end up doing with that that those series, uh, I'm I'm on board. So. Yeah, but I find this just crazy though. That that teaser though, the end like that. Like, I mean, Karen has been dead for twenty. Like, hey, it's the celebration of Marvel Knights, and it's also the twentieth anniversary <laughs> of Karen Page being dead. Thanks, Kevin I mean, Smith. Yeah. <laughs> You know, I mean, she's been dead. Matt has moved on several times. He's married even. Um, I find it interesting. And, I mean, I don't know. Like, I I, I figured, honestly, if they were going to bring Karen back, the smart move would have been right after the Secret War. Yeah. With the whole Or the Secret Invasion? No, I would have said the Secret War. Well, I mean, Secret Invasion, that was an option, too. I mean, they brought back so many people after Secret Invasion and be like, oh, no, we were just in holding in a spaceship in outer space you should have came and find us kind of thing yeah yeah so i mean i'm just surprised that they're picking now and honestly that's i i don't know i mean obviously i'm gonna wait and see i'm very excited charles soul has once again been another great uh daredevil writer you know we've just been daredevil fans we've been spoiled and it's been fantastic uh, but anyways we should probably move into what we're here to talk about well, no oh, no no For, i wanted to say is that uh with uh, um uh, uh, I did read. I have read a lot of this Daredevil with the with the with the reader, the guy who can bring oh, things okay, to life. Yes, I was yeah. like, such a strange power, an interesting one though. Uh, is like, he? He would have to be considered a mutant right? or an inhuman, well, an right? Yes, yeah. yes. I feel like that's more like a magical power than anything else. Like just like he's like ah, I accidentally I woke up after I read something of Matt Murdock's papers and I I happened to be touching the braille and like boom, Mike Murdock came to life. It's like. 
Yeah, you think maybe you could have told somebody about this before? You know, just letting Mike walk around out there? Yeah, well, and it's a crazy concept because, like, Mike knows stuff. Right. You know, he knows stuff, and he has feelings, and he's doing his own thing. Like, I mean, he's able to fight and, and, and hold his own, and it's like, that is crazy. So, I mean, like... I'm speculating, of course, you know, but it's like, well, if the reader is the guy responsible for bringing Karen back, will she remember everything? Mm. You know, like, will she be like, yeah, I remember dying. I remember you holding me. I remember, (laughs) you know, bullseye killing me and all that crazy stuff. So it's just wild, you know, or will it just be superficial where it's like, I know who Karen Page is, but I'm not Karen Page, even though I am. Yeah, it'll be, I'm very interested, but yeah, this character Talk about a powerful person. You know, mm, no kidding. Me, I'm like, hey, uh, can you bring back Scott Summers? <laughs> Once again, that's an, a, a reality-altering power. If I mean, if whatever he reads comes true, that's pretty fucking big. Yeah. Uh, but, okay, before we get on to our actual 101 for this week, I'll talk about what I read this week because I got to catch up on a lot of comic books in oh, this past week. Uh, but the thing I wanted to really talk about, because you talked about how this week is the return of Wolverine. Yes. Uh, I finished off all the the miniseries. Oh, the four minis. Okay. The, the, the uh, Hunt for Wolverine minis. And man, am I so glad I bought those. Like, I, I remember when I talked about it, I was like, man, I can't believe I bought all of these. Like, they <laughs> sucker me in, but they were all really good. I will give you that the claws of a killer wasn't was probably the weakest out of all of them. So that's the Sabretooth, Lady Death, yeah, the, Death Strike, and, and uh, Dakin, yeah. Right. And it's all, it's it, it, it was probably, yeah, it was definitely the weakest out of all of them. But you have this thread that's kind of bringing them all together, other than the fact that they're hunting for Wolverine, is this Solteria-like group, like company group, whatever it is, that uh, they, each one of them kind of came into contact with at different points. And uh, and it I, I hope that it has something to do with the return of Wolverine when they get to the I think the 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 one is called In Days, isn't it Wolverine In Days or or something? Uh, oh, I well, know the, you have the, the return. new thing is calling just the return, but there might be a one shot. Yeah, I think there's the a one shot in there that's supposed to tie everything together. Um, uh, the mystery in Madripoor was was awesome. I I loved. The, the female group against the female group. I thought the, the, the you know the good guys and the bad guys was great. Um, and even that one had the wild thing with uh, Psylocke. Yes, right? yeah, bringing back Psylocke's old body and because they she essentially hid herself away inside of uh, another mentalist um, mind and at, let her Japanese body die, and then she pulled enough of her power together to essentially kill off the other mentalist and take over take over her body so she's in a third body then or is she in it's, her it's, old english body? it's 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 not it's not it's not her her original it body. looks like her original body her english body mm-hmm. but it's more of like she broke down the molecules of the body that she was in and then recreated them to look oh, like wow. her old body but then at the end of that <laughs> The you see the Japanese body is up and and has a one of her side blades. So, are we gonna have two Psylocks again? Is someone else inside that body? You know, we'll it, find out. Yeah, well, and I feel like maybe that's. Uh, I think her name is Revanche, because the writer. No, the the character. Oh, the character. So, like, okay. Basically, yeah, you have British Psylocke go up against Revanche, 
and I'm sure I'm saying that wrong, but I, but anyway, so those two, I guess like they fought it out or whatnot. And that was how the body swap happened. Mm. So that's what put Psylocke and the Asian body that we're used to. Ah. And then they even had like a crossover, like the British body returned because now that, um, that, uh, mind was in her old body so they're fighting to try to reclaim the the new body and switcheroos and stuff like that so it'll be interesting like are they going to bring that back are they going to bring that character back maybe as well yeah it's interesting to see what's going to be happening with that um the adamantium uh agenda was i think it was what it's called yeah and that That, was the new avengers right uh yeah it was well it was it was uh uh, Spider-Man, Luke Cage, Jessica Jones, and Iron Man together, and that was incredible because, like, it's Wolverine. Essentially, he made a he made a deal with Iron Man. He's like, "Look, dude, uh, I I died. I, I almost died in this mission. You know, I was blown to pieces, and uh, I need you to do. I need you to make sure you do something for me." And he's like, "Well, what is it?" He's like, "Well, if I ever die." You make sure my body is is kept safe. No one does any experiments on me. No one takes any of my DNA. Nothing. And good idea. <laughs> and he's like, "Well, uh, okay." And he's like, "No, that means you too." And he's like, "Ah." <laughs> and then you know, you finally the the story ends up with Mister Sinister, and Sinister has a catalog of everybody's DNA on the Earth. Makes in, sense, including the X Men. Like he has a, a separate separate vault for just the X Men, and Tony is like sitting there going through all the databases and he's like, Oh my God, you know what I could do with all this information? And, and then Jessica's like, no. And you know, you can't do that. This is, this is, Oh, X 23 shows up. That's right. And she's like, no, you can't do that. This is, this is wrong. And he's like, but it's information. It's it, yes. It was caught, gotten, gotten in the wrong way, but it's all information. And then finally, you know, Sinister's like, yeah, you're just like me, Tony. And Tony's like, Oh, well fuck that. And he blows the whole thing up. <laughs> Good. Okay. Cause like, that's, that's how, like Tony's a machinist, not a bio right, engineer. Right. <laughs> uh, but then that you out of that you get the two, the bit of information where I think you talked about this a couple of weeks ago, um, where Laura, well Tony essentially tells Laura that hey, uh, um, what's her name the 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 doctor that created you is also your mother your biological mother so like even though you're a clone of Wolverine you're still like more of a a regular child a test tube baby than you are a clone yeah because you're really you're the mixture of, of the two retcon yeah, yeah which I always thought was weird because like. I always assumed that she put her own DNA in there to make make Laura into a female. So yeah, I, it kind of seems like kind of like the Superboy clone thing. It's yeah. like, oh, who was the other half? Yeah, you know? So it, it, I mean, I didn't seem like that was that big of a revelation, but apparently it was. And there was another one, and I forget what the one, what the other story, the other revelation was. But uh, and the last one was the oh, weapon loss, which I think you would really enjoy because that has that that is um, Daredevil and Misty Knight and And that's the one I bought. Did you? I haven't read it. You haven't read I it yet. It. <laughs> I am pretty sure you're gonna you're gonna end up enjoying yeah, it. Because Charles Soule wrote it too. And, and that's, that's what I'm really excited about. And it's about. got the other the the Ed, the detective, the inhuman detective that Right with the eyes. With the eyes, yeah. So there I you know, even if you you're not a big fan of Wolverine, if you're just a fan of Marvel comics, I think there's at least one of these four stories that someone's that you're gonna like. I enjoyed all four. Like I said, the claws of a killer was the weakest, but uh, it's so good, so good. Yeah, I mean, I, I love the idea that it's like okay, one's a villain book, 
you know, one's the new Avengers, one is like the stealthy ninja book, mm-hmm. and then the other one is the, the the all female team. I think that was just great. Like, I love books like that that just take all these characters and put them together. You know, it's it's to me it really does harken back to what New Avengers was, where it's like, hey, let's take our best and brightest and put it on a team. Mm-hmm. Um, that's the one I do wish I had gotten the adamantium agenda as well, mm. uh, just because I loved the New Avengers. I thought that was great. Um, so I don't know. Maybe I'll have to track down those back issues. But yeah, I'm very excited to read that. Uh, the one by Charles. So I just lost the title. The uh, Weapon Lost. The Weapon Lost. Which I had. thought was it's so interesting because I, I read The Weapon Lost. I finished it up and then I started reading that Daredevil run. And you got that detective showing up again and Cypher, which are two main characters in The Weapon Lost. So it's like, oh, he really likes these two yeah, people. I enjoy what I just did there. It's part of my set now. Yeah. And that's awesome because most of the time when books get... When characters get loaned out, it doesn't matter. Mm-mm. Like that's why sometimes I'm very leery about buying annuals, or if it's not the creative, you know, right. because it's like, like someday I would love to have like all the appearances of a certain character, but then it's like, well, do those appearances count? Because it didn't sound like them, it didn't act like them, because it was just a writer forcing a guest star appearance in, you know. Right. So I'm glad to see that with Charles Soule doing that, and then it, yeah, it's kind of like. I like these guys. They're going to hang out a little bit longer. <laughs> so did you have anything in particular you wanted to talk about that you read? I'm trying to remember what I read. I know I, I, I looked through some books. Um, gosh, I feel bad. I'm, I'm having a brain fart. Um, like I, I've been continuing on with this Green Lanterns story, the, the final arc, and I've really been enjoying it. Uh, the newest issue of X-Men Blue issue 35 was really good. I like the fact that the old, new X-Men... <laughs> The originals met their older counterparts. Like, I thought it was cool. Like, it was just neat to see teen Gene meet Gene and they were talking. And, you know, that's a huge revelation. The fact that Gene was like, I remember meeting you. Uh, God, when they did those Marvel Generations and they had those quick crossovers. So, teen Gene met Phoenix Gene. Mm. And then Gene Gene knows about that meeting even though she was dead gene right and so yeah (laughs) so but that was that was like oh wow that's huge um beast and hank talking to each other and younger hank basically or older hank coming to the conclusion that he's like wow i even hate myself you know so like i hope he finally finds some redemption as a character as well um Angel and, you know, Archangel, I guess is a good way to put it. You know, those two coming to conclusions with each other. Like, I'd have to say with all the characters dealing with what they've dealt with, Warren's probably just got to be like, I hate my future. Because when he first comes here, he sees himself with the white skin and a very angel look with the metal wings and, you know, but not his mind. Mm -hmm. You know, he's just like, I am an angel. I'm from the heavens. And it's kind of like, okay, you're crazy. (laughs) And then boom, now he's going back to turning blue and having the metal wings and being so grim. And it's like, am I really Warren or am I just the archangel? And it's kind of like, fuck. Mm -hmm. I lost my mind. <laughs> yeah, but the younger one is the one that that had that met the black vortex and and has the fire wings, right? Oh yeah, exactly. He's the one who is like, "Hey, I, you know, like I'm going to grab my destiny and do what I need to do." But as we saw in extermination, no you're not. <laughs> Those wings have been chopped off. Uh and then the big one, the one that's going to be tough that every like what are they going to do? Um like Iceman you know, right. it's like, you know, and I, I don't know how to open this, so I'm just going to say it directly, but it's like, you know, everybody's kind of looking at it. It's like, you can't really be gay back in that era, you know, and even then, how does that change Iceman himself? 
Um, so it was just kind of interesting because young Bobby's like, look, hey, I don't mind going back. I'm okay with anything, but it's like the fact that I have to live a lie. That's the big part. And I was like, wow, that was a really touching scene. Um, I do like that they kind of called Gene out there like, yeah, the way she outed us was pretty jacked up. Mm. You know? I was like, good, because, yeah, those random thoughts, it's like, you know, and I mean, I get it. It would be hard imagining hearing everything 24-7. Uh, that was pretty wild. And then the last part was sad for me because it was like Scott goes to visit his older self because it's a grave and it's like, oh, uh-huh. you know, but I'm definitely very curious to see what they're going to do. Uh, it was nice to see Bloodstorm again before she will die. Um, yeah. That's tough and sad. Uh, I finally got a little bit caught up with Bendis' Superman. I read issues one, two, and three. And, you know, it's funny. I, I was kind of wondering if I was going to have to go Superman action, Superman action. Nope, they're their own stories. No, they're definitely their you own know? stories. So that, that was kind of interesting. So I might cut back on my purchases. Uh, I'm enjoying the Superman arc, but I really want the action comics because I want to know who's starting the fires and where all that's coming yeah, from. Yeah, that's a, that's a good part of that story. Yeah, so I, I've, I've only done action 101. I still need to do 102 and 103. Or sorry, 1001. Yeah. 1002 and 1003. Uh, the Superman book, like, like, I don't care about Rogelzar or whatever the hell his name right. is. Uh, you know, the Earth is now trapped in the Phantom Zone because Star Labs is being dumb. Like, I, oh my God, like, as soon as I get the Earth back, I want to be like, those people need to be sent to jail. Like, <laughs> you're done. You're not doing science anymore, you know? So, yeah, but uh, yeah, that was all about I read. So it was pretty good. Um, it was kind of neat, actually. So I was on a road trip and, um, one of the best things about the hobby, and it's also one of the worst things you can do for the hobby. <laughs> so, you know, they put stories together in trades and hardcovers, but sometimes they don't do them right. And I don't want to step on anybody's toes because I think collected editions would be a fantastic job to do, but sometimes I get really disappointed with how they do it. Um, for example, when they did Daredevil Shadowland, the book was written to be read Shadowland, then go to Daredevil, go back to Shadowland, read Daredevil, and back and forth. DC had the same thing with uh, Blackest Night and Green Lantern. You know, it's like, oh, these are great. And it's going to be rather unfortunate because if you buy the trades and you read them as one entire book, you're going to be like, what the hell? You know, like, this is weird and I feel like I'm, you know, I'm time lost. Uh, And that's why it's like, yeah, if they collect it, they should put it in its proper order and they should have just sold one book. So I got into comic binding. So I would I take the books and I have them bound over uh, in a hardcover edition. So I recently took a bunch of, I guess I made my version of AVX. So <laughs> how it how it should have been read. Right. And uh, so I'm very excited for when that finally gets printed and bound together. So yeah, don't do a comic book. <laughs> it's fantastic, but like that's like I think it was all said and done. It was like about 120 bucks. But again, that's kind of cool. You know, like, yeah. this is a book that. You know, I got it printed in a nice blue with a white, uh, with a silver spine, and I, I got all the writers' names on it. Phoenix, the fall of Cyclops. You know, so I only do this for special character arcs because, for me, I I love those stories. I love like when a character goes on an odyssey, and I can't wait to see the redemptions. So yeah, awesome. Now, uh, I I know I already did my what I read this week, but I feel like I I talked about it on Twitter a little bit, but I have a bigger venue here, maybe. Uh, Runaways. Like, I am so disappointed in this new run. The comic? Uh, yeah, the comic. Okay. Um, I was such a big fan of Brian K. Vaughn's uh, Runaways. And then and then when, uh, you know, Joss Whedon took it over, I, I still enjoyed the book. I guess there was a couple of runs in between that and now that yeah. I didn't know about. But it was also during the time when I wasn't collecting anymore and not reading. 
so you know the the they're bringing it back this time around. I think I so I just read issue eleven. I gave it I gave it eleven issues because I really enjoy these characters. Right. But man, these eleven issues. I I couldn't believe that I was like already eleven issues in because nothing has happened. Oh my god, that's too long. How can you have nothing happen in eleven issues? Like they have not. They they don't go on adventures. You know, it's I get it. It you know it, it's it's this book has become. I almost feel like this was the first in the line of like the representation, awareness, social justice, like kind of line of books. And I'm not trying to say those things in a negative way. I, I think those th- those are all great subjects and things that need to happen and need things that need to be there. But I also want a comic book too. I also want a book where they go on adventures, they do superhero things. They, you know, they have to take, you know, take down the bad guy. And it's, it's 11 issues of nothing happening. And I can't believe it. Like, you know, one of my favorite characters, um, uh, Victor, Victor La Mancha, he's still just ahead. Like, they didn't bother to like give him a body. Well, like they're finally getting to this thing where like Doombot, his friend from the AI, just no Avengers AI book, like oh, yeah. is like brought brought him a body. He's like, hey, I, I I made a body for you, so here's a body. And like he's freaking out about it. He's like, no, I don't want a body. Like I think they're gonna get essentially what I, the 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 points of the story that I see falling in after this is gonna be like he's like, no, I don't want a body because if I have a body, then I become a I become a person. If I become a person, I become that villain that I was destined to be when Ultron created me, kind of thing. Right. So he's happy with just being ahead and and watching everybody and kind of making snide jokes and picking on chase and stuff like that. But the rest of the book is just like, it's, it's all, it's too much character development. We're, we're spinning way too much character on the characters. We already know, like we know these characters yeah, already you've seen them in those runs. So it shouldn't be like, Oh, here they are brand new people. No, it should be their furthering adventures and character growth. And honestly, I don't know if I even like the art. Like, I don't like that the way they portray some of the characters, like with some exaggerated uh, features and stuff like that. And it's just like, uh, it's just, it, it, it's just not the book that I, it's not the characters I fell in love. With. It's not the book that I fell in love with. So, I will definitely be jumping off that book now. That's a bummer because, like, I I know that was one of your favorite groups. Yeah. Um. And and I've had that happen. Like, yeah. There's just a character or a group that you love, and somebody starts writing it, and you're like, it, it, it's their bodies, but it's not them. Yeah. So that's a bummer that that happened. Yeah. I mean, I feel like the whoever's writing it, and I should just look. I had I had the page up right now. I should have looked who was who was writing it. But like whoever's writing it is focusing way too much on one aspect of their character instead of doing the broader strokes. Or not the broader strokes, but the broader aspect, the broader broader spectrum spectrum of what made the group the group that it was, kind of thing. Yeah. yeah they should have you know built up not just yeah, yeah and i yeah. mean 11 issues with nothing happening nothing happening holy crap so all right uh with that somber note we'll move on to marvel <laughs> knights 20 20 year anniversary so what what was it you you touched on it a little bit but what was happening in 1998 all right so 1998 marvel comics was just it was just bad leadership um, I, well, I mean, we're sure. coming off all the foil covers and variant stuff well, and people with the collector craze and stuff like that, right? Yeah, well, we're, we're, I mean, we're, we're dealing with that. And then plus two, we're also dealing with the fact that uh, Heroes Reborn stunk. You know, That's like right. Marvel just, Marvel at that time and like even listening to some of the creators, they were saying like, 
we were not allowed to love our characters and do stuff. It was just mandated. You got to do this. You got to do this. And you got to make it sell and da, 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 da. And that's why it was just so crap. It was just falling apart. And Marvel had to take risk. I mean, the only thing that was probably successful would be the X-Men line. Uh, Onslaught was huge. I mean, I, I wasn't reading X-Men at that time because I couldn't afford the extra book. But Onslaught was insane. You know, it was like, oh, my God, this is an Onslaught issue. I'm excited. You know, goofy crossover. And let me ask you this. What do you think makes it so that in 1985, when they do uh, Crisis on Infinite Earth, a success, whereas in 1995, when Heroes Reborn happens and it's not a success? I mean, essentially, it's two of the same things. It's rebooting the the two universes. Well, and, and here's the trouble. So when they did it with DC... They did the whole line mm-hmm. with Marvel. They only did part of the line. And the fact that they're separate, it's like, we'll still publish Captain America and it's going to be Captain America today, but no Spider-Man, mm. you know? So why does that experiment work years later with ultimate comics? Right. Because that's an ultimate universe. Right. Like if Marvel had just said, you know what, let's pull the plug and they just did the ultimate line and they did all their books in the ultimate style, they, they would have probably had something huge. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it just, at that time, when you take Captain America, the Avengers, Hulk and Iron Man and the Fantastic Four off the board, they're not going to, like they weren't strong enough on their own. Like the Avengers book at the time was awful. Like it, like, ugh, you know, um, <laughs> It was just bad. Iron Man, you know, it's like, hey, let's have Iron Man basically go insane. um, And then he's going to start trying to kill everybody. So then the Avengers go back in time, pick up teenage Tony from an alternate timeline, bring him over, and he winds up killing our Tony. And then he becomes Iron Man. Thor was just like, he essentially became Hercules. He wasn't even Thor, you know. Uh, Hulk... Hulk was the best because he was finally Professor Hulk. So he's like, hey, I'm doing good. But we don't want to read that. You know, we want the tragic Hulk, you know. Well, they want Uh, the immortal Hulk. Yeah. We got now and it's successful. Yeah. And uh, the Fantastic Four were just, they were bland, you know. I mean, their children were too old, you know, and things like that. And, you know, it was like, hey, let's shake it up. And we've got Rob Liefeld. We got Jim Lee. We can't go wrong. Well, that's the thing. Image is great. Comic book pictures are pretty and they're fantastic, but story is huge. And those books just couldn't do it. Like, uh, you know, and then, like I said, to have the Avengers and the Fantastic Four, but no X-Men, no Spider-Man. Yeah, I know the Marvel Cinematic Universe is like, hey, we're doing it. But movies are way different than comic books. Mm. You know, the the fan bases are way different. And when you're checking in monthly versus Wonder, well, I wonder if that's know. also has to do with the fact that 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 the '90s Spider-Man and '90s uh, X-Men cartoons were huge at that time. So, oh yeah, definitely. You know, don't touch those things because we have yeah, clearly people, they're not broken. People yeah. are buying it. Well, they're buying it because exactly you're right. Those fans had something else to enjoy as well. You know, so coming out of Heroes Return to try and get everything back together, a mandate comes down and says, "Hey, we need." We need to get readers back. Let's create this Marvel Knights run. Yeah. So basically, Marvel files Chapter 11 bankruptcy. Um, the whole Heroes Reborn just tanked. Uh, luckily, they did Heroes Return, and that relaunched all the books, and they had those awesome sunburst covers. And you have George Perez and Kurt Busick on um, the Avengers. You have Kurt Busick and Sean Chen on Iron Man. 
Captain America had Mark Wade, and I'm not sure who his artist was. And even Spider-Man got relaunched again because, yeah, Spider-Man failed. They did that whole chapter one. Oh, I remember uh, those. Yeah, that, that, that was terrible. Yeah. Uh, John Romita Jr. was on the art, though, at the time. Yep. Uh, <laughs> so you, you had those books getting relaunched, and it was great. So at that point, Marvel... And kind of with its new offices or its new leadership, they they you know they saw hey, Event Comics was doing great, and that's Joe Quesada and Jimmy Pagliotti. That's their comic book company. They've been doing their thing. Uh, they had their famous character Ash. I don't know if he was a firefighter, but it was very much firefighter themed. Right. Uh, so that that definitely had a love there. And so basically they came out and they said, hey, look, we want you to be our studio, and we want you to do something. So that's where they came up with the idea of Marvel Knights, and they basically took, instead of the higher-profile characters this time, they took low-profile characters, and the first wave of Marvel Knight characters that we had were Daredevil, Punisher, the Inhumans, and Black Panther. Um, And they got a lot of great creative on that. Um, I know for Daredevil... Uh, you had Kevin Smith come in and do his very first comic book art or comic book writing with Joe Quesada on the art. Uh, the Punisher, the Punisher was probably the weakest one of that group, but you had Christopher Golden on it and art or sorry, Christopher Golden and Tom Schnigowski with Bernie uh, Wrightston and Jimmy Palmiotti art. So at least they were pretty pictures. Um, the Inhumans, which was actually a very successful book at that point. Um, you had Jay Lee on the art and Paul Jenkins writing it. And those two pretty much that's where they met. And they've gone on to do many great collaborations. Uh, Black Panther. And this is very much a run that inspired the bulk of what we see now in the character. Set a lot of the groundwork. Uh, we had um, Joe Quesada and Mark. Mark Texaria on the art and Christopher Priest writing it. And then lastly, you had, oh, no, that was all four books. Um, so, yeah, that was the first wave. And Recap they, was, what were the four books? Uh, Daredevil, Black Panther, Inhumans, and Punisher. Okay. Yeah, so, like, Punisher was interesting. Uh, so this would be volume four. And this is the one where they did that whole, you know, Punisher's the, the evil boogeyman. So they put it in that regard, like he was he was finally killed, and then he was reborn as a as not necessarily a demon, but he was a dark angel, and so he'd go around killing. And he had these spirit Uzis, and you know he had like a I don't think he had a cross burnt onto his head, but he became a supernatural character. Uh, That book ran for four issues, and luckily they said, "Screw this, let's reset it back to the status quo and go back to what works." Well, obviously Frank is a is a weird character, and I mean he's one of the few characters that hasn't really aged. Like we finally got him to be from, not from Vietnam anymore, but now desert storm. And I assume probably, uh, Iraqi freedom here. Some, oh, yeah, he'll be changing. again. Yeah. But like, I mean, you have Frankencastle. Like that's a, oh yeah, Punisher in space, Frankencastle. Yeah, uh, they, they made him black at one point. It's I mean, you I know. I know you have the Max series, which is completely different from the Marvel Knights, but what a strange character to exist in the Marvel <laughs> universe with all these pe- beings with powers and stuff like that. And this is just a man with a mission. Like yeah. he's highly trained, highly skilled. He's wore he's worn the Captain America's uh, outfit. He's worn a war machine outfit now. Uh, I mean, he's obviously going to become the cosmic ghost. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> he's going to be the cosmic ghost writer. So, I mean, even, even the Punisher kills the Marvel universe or is that what it's yeah, called? Done one of those. Yeah. yeah. I mean, do they have a Punisher of the end? 
Uh, yes, they do. I actually just picked that up in a dollar bin. I, I need to read that. <laughs> so, I mean, he's he's if if, if Spider Man isn't considered the flagship, I would say that Punisher is almost the flagship of, of the Marvel too because he's been everything. Oh, he is. I mean, he he's such a character. Like, I, I'll bet if you were to look, if you were to you know accrue the data, comic book tattoos. The Bat Signal and the Punisher Skull are definitely in the top five. But it makes sense. I mean, if you ever look at the story of Chris Kyle, right. you know, those guys ran around with the Punisher logo. You know, he was reading Max Dillon's uh, Punisher comics, mm-hmm. you know, and stuff like that. And it's like, holy cow, you know, and obviously you, there's a lot of military folks out there and they're going to relate to Frank. Mm-hmm. We all relate to Frank. You know, there's just that moment when somebody does something, you're like, motherfucker, I just, <laughs> he, I'm ready to do he's something. He's almost here. the epitome of uh, Joker's one bad day <laughs> yeah. kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, and, and, and again, I've often asked this question, you know, it's like, what makes the Punisher and Batman different? You know, maybe losing your parents isn't as bad as losing your children Mm -hmm. you know something to that effect you know and i don't know i just think it's great um but yeah that series was just such a i think that was probably the start of all these weird imaginings where it's like all right we'll do him as this demon hunter okay that didn't work but you know let's pave the way towards punisher in space (laughs) but yeah thinking of that losing your your kid as opposed to losing your parents because that's what you get with thomas wayne in flashpoint you know you get a punisher batman (laughs) Batman. and honestly that's maybe that's exactly what it is you know because it's like we all know we're going to lose our parents i mean not to sound grim but But we know that's you're supposed to outlive your parents you're not supposed to outlive your children yeah and so who knows that then you know witnessing death as a child versus witnessing death as an adult Mm -hmm. maybe it impacts us way different i don't know uh so yeah so that was a crazy book but yeah four issues uh it, it got canned and then they tried again later on like i said they put it more grounded in reality black panther now this was a big one and especially too christopher priest he's a great writer you know and this is very much a character he's got a lot of love for so it started exploring more of wakanda and then actually bringing black panther to new york you know, putting them running around the, 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 you know, the the concrete jungle and stuff like that. And that book did great. Uh, that might actually be his longest running series, uh, 62 issues before wow. they canceled it and then so relaunched it again. When they when they start up that, that volume of Black Panther, it has the Marvel Knights uh, banner on it, right? Yes. Does it stay a Marvel Knight all the way through all 62 issues? No. So Marvel Knights at one point, and I think this was a Joe Quesada ruling, uh, they basically, like, once Marvel Knights did so well, they started bringing in others, you know, like, oh, let's do an X-Men Marvel Knights and let's do a Spider-Man Marvel and Knights. I think I, I remember know? picking up Spider-Man Marvel Knights and, a, and yeah, that was a good Four one. Marvel Knights. Yeah, because that was uh, the, the, the Marvel Knights Spider-Man was the one they made a joke where it was called Shush. Uh, as in, you know, and they did a 12-issue run there. But yeah, I want to say, well, actually right here, uh, 2006, you know, everything that was Marvel Knights, they would move back to the Marvel Universe imprint. And then Marvel Knights would just be limited series. Um, and he explains that, you know, Marvel Knights is the showcase for evergreen events, mm. self-contained, limited series that think outside the box. They challenge readers to rethink their favorite Marvel characters and reevaluate the legends that surround them. So in other words, Marvel Knights will be a place for top talent to work without constraints and deliver the kind of products fans deserve. And it's great stuff because I'll tell you what, you want to know one of the best Marvel Knight books that's out there and I just it just hit me in the head right now? Marvel Knights, Ant-Man, Big Christmas. I don't remember that one. It's so ridiculous. It's so great. 
Bob Gale wrote it, and oh. he's the writer of Back to the Future. Right. Yeah, he like this actually. That's what brought him to Marvel comic books. Uh, he did a run on Daredevil, Marvel Knights. So yeah, so out of, for a while there, it was a Marvel Knights comic, and not to say that Daredevil didn't interact with the Marvel universe, mm-hmm. but he almost became kind of like the X Men. Right. You know, where it's like, I'm going to do my thing. And when you have your event, sure, I can pop up, but you're not going to be in my events, you know. And, but then, yeah, finally in 2006, it's kind of like, yeah, let's put it all back together and we'll just keep Marvel Knights as, you know, our black label. Right. <laughs> so before it was cool, DC. Uh, but yeah, so that, that, that volume of Black Panther did amazing uh, 62 issues. So yeah, whatever happened. Well, actually, all 62 of those issues would be considered Marvel Knights. Um, when they relaunched the third series that ran for 41 issues, they probably had about the first 12 under the Marvel Knights banner. Then after that, it just kind of, the banner slowly faded away. Uh, the next book on my list, The Inhumans. Now, this was just huge because The Inhumans, um, maybe they've had like a mini series or two. You know, this is like, actually, this is their second series. Their first series ran for 12 issues. So I would say it's a maxi series. Um, but yeah, they were just limited appearances, you know, miniseries and whatnot. So this one ran for 12 issues. So again, another maxi series, but that one just had those beautiful covers. Like I always remember the first cover, you know, it was all in black and you just kind of see them popping out little aspects of their costumes and whatnot. Uh, Triton, Gorgon, Karnak, Black Bolt, Medusa, and Crystal, the classic Royal family and their tears and just, you know, their struggle, what they were going through, you know. Adeline is just turning into crap again, and and what are they going to do to survive and keep their way? And honestly, that's the way you do the Inhumans. I like I get it, you know. Oh, we have a Marvel Cinematic Universe. We don't have mutants, so let's just make everybody Inhuman. It's right. a great substitute, but that's what makes an Inhuman special is the fact that they're not a mutant. You know, they're a subculture within a subculture, and now you've made them almost on par with each other. Yeah. But yeah, so I I didn't read that one, but I know that one definitely got Jay Lee and Paul Jenkins to start working with each other. And hey, you know, I, you know, I've never actually been a, a fan of Jay Lee's art. Um, I just I don't know I, I, the 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 smoky look. I think is what it is. <laughs> I, how I want to call it. I just never been a fan. I remember uh, his run on uh, Captain America, and it, it kind of it took me out of that book. Um, but Paul Jenkins. Uh, one of, I, definitely a, a writer I enjoy. Oh yeah, uh, he did the original origin for Wolverine. Yeah, and uh, even though he gave me a sassy answer when I asked him about a couple pages <laughs> of that, he he's still a, 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 a writer I enjoy. Yeah, no, and that was a great one. Like he just took the Inhumans on a, a crazy whirlwind tour, won two Eisners with that book. Wow, so that's the big award you can win in comic books, and it was great. That's what kind of really put them on the map. You know, I'd say if that book hadn't done so well, we probably wouldn't have had the Inhumans to be considered for what they were. Uh, and then finally, the book that's near and dear to my heart, Daredevil. Um, Which to me is the the most appropriate book for a title called Marvel Knight. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I, it, you know, Batman is the Dark Knight and Marvel's Marvel Knights, you can't get any more that with Daredevil. Right. Um, yeah. And I tell you what, like I remember I... I I missed that first issue, and at that time, when you know, 1998, I'm 15. Yeah, I'm 15, 16 years old, so I'm a stupid collector. You know, there's no hologram on this cover. (laughs) You know, like I think I missed issue one, and I didn't understand the concept of reordering, and I didn't want to get stuck with a second printing. So it was like, well, if I missed issue one, I'm done. You know, whatever. 
uh, years later, and again, I would keep reading the books and whatnot, but years later, I found myself living in Flagstaff and uh, a coworker of mine, we just got to talking Daredevil, you know, and we were just, oh man, he's such a great character, blah, 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 blah. And I was like, yeah, and I just, Daredevil, the man without fear, that five issue miniseries, uh, even though it's John Romita Jr. art, I love it. Mm-hmm. And it's Frank Miller. You know, it's like my two enemies came together, but they <sighs> just gave me such a beautiful story. Uh, just the nostalgia where I was as a kid when I read it. And I was telling him about it, and he was like, dude, you need to read, you know, Guardian Devil. And I'm like, what? And that's the, the first story arc, the first eight issues of Kevin Smith's Daredevil run. Right. Wow. I mean, that book is a tour de force. Joe Quesada's art, that is its best I mean, no offense to him, not to say that he's gotten worse, but like years later, he did Daredevil Father. Um, I still like his Man Without Fear, uh, that that Marvel's Night Run was just great. Uh, Luckily, he stayed on the book all the way up to like issue 19, I think. Um, It was just great. When did Kevin um, jump off the book? Kevin jumped off right after eight. He did his his eight issues. He was eight and done. Uh, It was a shame because... He was writing Daredevil the Target, mm-hmm. which was supposed to be the sequel. Finally, like, all right, Daredevil and Bullseye, they're going to go at it. And issue one was fantastic. I'm still waiting for issue two. Um, <laughs> Kevin t- still talks about that. He's like, yeah, I'm still waiting to write issue two. Yeah. So, Yeah, and it's a bummer because they eventually just said, ah, oh, to hell with it. And they did their own, you know, like that book doesn't count. And they did, a, you know, a different version. But I would have rather seen Kevin tackle that. Um <laughs> But yeah, Daredevil, that volume was just amazing. Like whatever it is, because it it wound up going into the legacy numbering, but I want to say it's like 112 issues or something like that. Wow. That is just kicking Matt's ass. (laughs) It's just like, you know, uh, I mean, from that we we have, uh, let's see, you have Kevin Smith write the first arc. Then you get um, Joe Quesada right on the art. And this is what led to Joe Quesada being named the Marvel Editor-in-Chief. Right. Like just that business savvy, what he did with that group of characters was just amazing. And issue eight, if you're ever like, if you want to know how to be a good friend or if you're looking for like a strong friendship, read issue eight of that volume because that's when Spidey comforts Matt after Karen's death. And it's like Spidey's the only guy who could do it because he's like, dude, there was Gwen. Right. I know exactly where you're at. It's well, crazy. Couldn't Scott come in there and be like, I'm Gene. Gene died. Oh, yeah. But, you know, unfortunately, <laughs> Marvel just hates Cyclops. Um, <laughs> I mean, Scott Summer should be everywhere as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> in Runaways. I'll help your comic do something. <laughs> uh, but anyway, so, yeah. We had uh, David Mack come aboard and do some writing. And, and he gave us the character of Echo. Um, we have Bob Gale jump on the book. And what's funny about Bob Gale, when he wrote it, he actually outed Daredevil. So he's like, I'm at Murdoch. And then, you know, they put the genie right back in the bottle. Is, is that the one where the cover where you see Matt Murdoch, like on the oh, cover? then the outline around? Yeah. The no, outline. not that no. one. Oh, okay. But, it was, but it's funny because then Bendis comes on and he just takes that same idea and goes with it. Oh, okay. And then, of course, we get the legendary Brian Michael Bendis on this book. He took Matt to so many crazy levels. And that's why we have the Defenders street level like that. You right. Know? Um, then after him was... Oh, gosh, I can't remember, but but we had just a great set of runs. Um, another book that spins out of the Marvel Knights, and that's a great story that we get, the color books. 
uh, Jeff Loeb and Tim Sell when they would team up. Mm-hmm. Those were actually Marvel Knights books. I did not know that. Yeah, I, I, I was thinking about that, and I double-checked it. So, yeah, so Daredevil Yellow, Hulk Gray, Spider-Man, Spider-Man Blue. Blue. Now, and I don't know if no Captain, Captain America, America White counts or not because – that one, like they put the zero issue out, and then it took like eight years till they finally completed the set. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if that one falls under the banner or not, but the idea definitely is there. So I say it does. And those books, by the way, go check them out. They're great. Like Daredevil Yellow is a great, uh, like a sequel, a sort of sequel to Guardian Devil, because this is the one where it's like, like they say a good way to get over somebody is to write a letter. And that's what Matt does, mm-hmm. and it's just fantastic. So, when am I going to get my Hawke- Hawkeye purple? Um, I'm working on it. I I will start. I'll call Jeff Loeb right after this. <laughs> I mean, he's working over at Marvel. He just isn't writing anymore. Like, I know he, he just, it's a shame. He's just the their TV guy now, and it's such a shame because it's like I'd love to see what he could do. I mean, he obviously broke rank. He did that when they did that big return of Cable for Extinction, mm-hmm. Avengers Extinction, and it's like there you go. He could take some time because like it's funny in my trade of daredevil yellow there's some art in the background and even tim sell draws daredevil in the red costume is like daredevil red question mark and it's like that would be a fantastic sequel <laughs> you know like there you go um you gotta wonder who who put who who put daredevil in the yellow outfit like how did he did he know that he was picking yellow because he can't i mean he can't, actually he did because if you ever go back and read that each feels. color has a different frequency so he could tell well but the thing is and it makes sense like Daredevil is an acrobat. Even though his father's a boxer, the premise, the costume, it's this guy needs to be a circus performer, an acrobat, and his costume screams it. You know, it just screams it. But when Wally Wood came along and he was like and Wally Wood was a he was a very straightforward frank guy. I mean, he was drunk. <laughs> and he probably came in the Marvel. I was like, Why the fuck you call this guy Daredevil? And he's not red. Fuck you. Give me some red ink. I'm fucking fixing it. And there you go. And in that issue, Daredevil gets a red costume and fights Namor and gets his ass kicked. <laughs> uh, wow. Just crazy stuff. But yeah, but Marvel Knights, uh, those were the four original books. Uh, eventually, we started getting some other series. We got Black Widow, and that's where we got the blonde-haired one, mm-hmm. Yelena something. Savosky. Yeah. Something like that. So we got a brand new character there creating a legacy for Black Widows. Uh, Marvel Knights decided, hey, we're doing such a great job let's create a book called Marvel Knights. And they had a team there. And again, it was just like, Hey, let's get all our, um, let's get all our street level people and, and put them together. You know, uh, we saw squadron or Supreme come back and basically get a little bit of a, kind of a, a badass upgrade to themselves. So they're not just cheesy versions of DC superheroes. Uh, we've got a lot of great mini series, Fury, Peacemaker, Silver Surfer, Requiem. That's JMS. You know, right. like that's one I didn't get, but I, I think about it. Where is he at right now? Um, is he writing any comic books anywhere? No, I don't think so. Like the last thing I can really think that he did was the Superman Earth One books, right. which I enjoyed oh, right. his volumes one, two, and three. Uh, I, I hope for more. Um, but yeah, it, we, we got Ghost Rider back because of Marvel Knights. Uh, that's I when remember they were that, like, hey, let's, let's give him some balls. Uh, that, unfortunately, that one had the like photorealistic covers, if I remember yes, correctly. Yes, in, in some of those volumes. Because the first time Johnny Blaze came back, he was in that big hulking-looking body with some weird-ass art. Uh-huh. Uh, I didn't mind it because it, I was just happy to have Johnny back. But you're right. Later on, Mark, Mark Texera, and he was a, an artist on Ghost Rider back in like the mid-90s. 
and like he just came back and I don't know his style changed like he must have taken a cue from Alex Ross and like yeah let's start painting some stuff mm-hmm. let's put some nice finishes and yeah I mean you could make so many posters out of those covers and basically it just kind of took all their characters and let's make them badasses you know let's make them insane legends you know and it was just great so. Well, there you go. Marvel Knights essentially saved Marvel Comics for uh, the the company as it was going into Chapter Eleven and having to sell off all its, all its properties. It's kind of the reasons why we have, uh, and Marvel Knights isn't, but uh, Marvel as a company is the reason. You know, this during this era era is why we have uh, all the properties at different companies. You know, yeah. Uh, Ghost Rider and was was at at uh, Lionsgate Films, but now they're back with with Marvel. Um, Blade was at New Dim- was at Dimension, I think it was Dimension Studios or yeah. New, New Line Cinema. New Line, okay, yeah, New Line. Uh, you know, um, obviously Spider Man at Sony, um, Captain America was, and and the Incredible Hulk were over at Universal. Um, oh, the X Men and Fantastic Four over at Fox. So and Daredevil as well, and Daredevil as well. Yeah, Daredevil. That's right. Um, but. Just about everything has come back to uh, to Marvel at Disney. Disney has been on its own in Infinity Gauntlet quest. <laughs> they they the what's it uh the I mean with the Fox merger is got is is going through from what we understand, and then Sony is sharing Spider Man with them. But the only unfortunate part is that we don't all the the characters that are Spider Man adjacent we don't get over at the the Marvel universe, you know, straight up because they're being used by Sony and they have the rights to them. So that's why we're getting that terrible looking Venom movie. (laughs) And that's all I'm going to say about that. All right. Just just some quick plugs though, about the Marvel Knights stuff. Uh, The Sentry was actually a Marvel Knights creation. Ooh. Um, So that, that had all those original spinoffs, which some of them were good. I don't, I like the first time they used the Sentry. I thought he was great. So did I. And then two books that I would recommend, if you want to read some of these Marvel Knights miniseries, uh, X-Men Magneto, mm. uh, Testament. I thought that was great. I didn't like that they changed his name. It wasn't always Eric Lesher, right? But I just thought it was neat to go back to that era of young Magneto and just seeing him deal with, you know, the whole uh, just World War II and all that. And then the last book that I found really fascinating was Daredevil Battling Jack Murdoch. Um, it's a great four-issue miniseries that takes a look at Daredevil's dad and how he deals with having a child and the mother just leaving him. Hmm. It's just crazy, and it was just a great book, and I, I enjoyed that one. Ah, I got an idea for you. What's that? Imprint book. Right. Uh, Howard Stark hires battling Jack Murdoch as a bodyguard as he, go, as he goes into a foreign <laughs> country at some point. All right, so, yeah, we, we have uh, Howard Stark, and then, so, well, then that means you have to clearly make battling Jack an unofficial agent of S.H.I.E.L.D., Ooh. Because Howard Stark is like, hey, I know I'm an agent of S.H.I.E.L.D., but I don't necessarily trust all those guys. Right. I hear you're a good Irishman, so I'd rather you watch <laughs> my back. And that's when Nick is like, ah, oh, damn it, Tony. <laughs> throw, throw in two, uh, two other parents into that, into that book. Uh, Richard and Mary Parker. They're the, they're the agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. that were supposed to be on that mission. Okay. And there you go. Well, no, you're, you're cutting. <laughs> oh, so that's, that's one set that's of parents? One, yeah. All right, so that's I one need one more. Uh, then... Um, Oh, Corsair? Gosh. 
Uh, yeah, you know what? He could be the no because <laughs> no. He, he's still gonna have to go in outer space. It'd be a fun cameo, you know. You could have like, yeah, this is you know, uh, since this is all military, we have Major Christopher Summers of the United States Air Force. Okay, will be flying special cargo that contains Richard and Mary Parker, Howard Stark, and his Jack bodyguard. Murdoch, his, his bodyguard. <laughs> so that sounds kind of cool, actually. <laughs> I'm, I'm digging this book. <laughs> is this like post World War Two or like? But Korean War era, what, yeah, what would it that, be? Yeah, right around Korean War era. I mean, you know, I guess it has to be. It has there. to be later now because we're. Oh, we said it. It's the start. Okay, there we go. We said it. It's the start of the Cold War. Yeah, then now you get a Winter Soldier cameo in oh, it as well. Oh shit! <laughs> All right, there you go. That's an idea for you, Marvel. You, free of charge. We'll call it. Uh, what, what would you call it? What's what's before the nighttime? Uh, Operation. Twilight? Operation Twilight. Marvel Twilight. Yeah. <laughs> uh, all right, folks. If you have anything uh, you'd like to say to us uh, on this story or any other story that we talked about today, we'd love to hear from you. You can find me on Twitter at, at Mitchipedia, G-E-R. Chris is also on Twitter as... Stuff I should say should being spelled S-H-U-D. The rest of Geek Elite Radio is at Geek Elite Radio on Instagram and on Twitter. Uh, Facebook.com forward slash Geek Elite Radio is our Facebook page and GeekEliteRadio.com is our website. Check out all our archived episodes of this podcast and other podcasts on the Geek Elite Radio Network. But until next time, this is Imagine If on the Geek Elite Radio Network saying always remember to Geek Geek Out! We now return you to your regularly scheduled program.